Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, the Vikings host the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. And it's a Jim Rant, Nance, and Tony Romo game. What does that mean? Can the Vikings actually pull out a win against the Kansas City Chiefs? If they were to do that, how would they be able to take it, take them down? We're going to talk about all that and more here on the latest episode of The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack, Run In Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. You are looking live at the best looking TJ Hawkinson impersonator in the world. My name is Tyler Fornis, with me as always is producer. Dave, up in the top right corner. Dave, how are you? Hey, it's good for a Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Uh, I got the twins on uh, to my right, right over here. And I am excited. Actually, no, it's your right. It's my left because I'm an idiot. So we're going to have a little (laughs) bit of fun. And I may end up cheering if the twins actually win a playoff series. Yesterday, they won their first playoff game. Since I was a freshman in high school back in 2004, and they're trying to do it all over again here against one of my favorite twins of all time, Jose Barrios, who started for the uh, Tampa, or sorry, the Toronto Blue Jays earlier today. But we're not here to talk baseball, even though that'll 
pop up here now and then just because the Twins are playing and it's the playoffs. But we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Kansas City Chiefs this Saturday at 325 Central Time. But first, a couple housekeeping notes here, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't heard, we have subscriptions on the YouTube and we've already kicked off some of that here by having uh, people jump on the show last week. And you can do that at the $15 tier for $15 a month. We'll have another show like that coming up here soon. And when draft season comes around, there'll be even more content for you to enjoy. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's a great way to help support the show. Same way with the super chat. So uh, the other ways you can do it that are just free, like comment, subscribe and share the show on social media and share it with your friends. Easy and costs you absolutely nothing but goodwill. And we greatly appreciate that. Now, let's get to our Minnesota Vikings. These Vikings are weird. So let, let's talk about them in terms of the ever so evil DVOA, Dave. And the reason why we're talking about DVOA is last year, DVOA was used to prove that the Vikings were fraudulent. It was used to show that even though their record was 13 and 4, they weren't a 13 and 4 football team. They were 27th in DVOA. 20th in offensive DVOA and 27th in defensive DVOA. Now, the first number is overall. So, like, your all-encompassing football team and not just segmenting into a specific position group. The concept of DVOA is rather simple, and it makes sense. How does your play match up against an average football team? Now, your definition of average may be different than what somebody else's definition of average is, but they have that calculated out with data. And they adjust it over time because average is different year over year. So if you have a negative offensive DVOA, you are worse than average. That's what your performance says. If you have a positive defensive DVOA, you are worse than average. And the Vikings were both of those things last year. This year, it's a different story. Total DVOA, they are 14th. 12th in offensive DVOA and 20th in defensive DVOA. Dave, that's a far cry from where we were at last year. And it's also kind of hilarious. The Vikings are one in three. They are worse record wise than they were last year. Despite the underlying metrics say that they're better than they were last year. And it's, it's very weird to say that just because of how, how the Vikings have been over the course of the last two years. But it, it should give us some hope that the Vikings can actually pull this off against Kansas City Chiefs. Can you repeat those numbers again? Uh, which one? This year, last year, or both? This year. This year, total DVOA is 14th. Offensive DVOA is 12th. Defensive DVOA is 20th. So based on total DVOA, we are a slightly above average football team. Offensive DVOA, we are an above average football team. Defensive, we're slightly below average. That sounds about right, considering what we've seen so far on the football field. If the yeah. Vikings hadn't turned it over 11 times, I think it would be a much different story. That DVO, Those DVOA numbers on offense, the total probably much higher. Now, I'm looking at the tool, DVOA, mm-hmm. right now. And yes, I agree. If you look at the team... DVOAs, that's what it shows. If you click on the Vikings, it shows something different, which is weird. It shows ninth overall offense, third 
overall passing, 28th overall offense or rushing, on defense, 21st overall, 22nd against passing, and 15th against the run. That is strange. I don't know why those numbers disagree. And you're on mute. Oh, yeah. I forgot I was clearing my throat, so I didn't want everybody to hear me try and get the little bit of gunk in my throat. You have to send me that because I I actually don't have the full access, so I, I had to grab grab those numbers from a secondary source. So I would absolutely like well, to have... I, like I said, if you read the where they rank the teams, they've got us 14th overall, 12th on offense, and 20th on defense. It's just there. Mm. It's a difference in their pages, individual pages, which is interesting. I I find it fascinating. Okay, that is very fascinating. And, and special teams at twenty first. Yeah, that's wild. That's. I wonder with the transition by taking this data from uh, Football Outsiders, which unfortunately is now defunct. Because the owners of Football Outsiders are dum dums, um, the the people who bought it, not Aaron Schatz. Aaron Schatz mm-hmm. is not a dum dum. He took his data over to FTN, and he's doing great, which is great. Um, Schatz is a really nice guy, and his inf- information and data has been uh, really helpful in trying to be predictive about football. Right, because they but, not they the algorithm puts in strength of schedule. And a whole bunch of other stuff that normal rankings, if you go with the Elias Sports Bureau stuff, the normal mm-hmm. stuff, you don't see. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, the Twins are now three outs away from winning the the wild card round. Heck, yes. I like the sound of that. And I'm checking something here real quick. Nope. Perfect. All right. Let's talk about the offensive line. And Mateo brings up an interesting point. Um, everybody says that the, the the offensive line is bad. And all the metrics say that, like, the composite metrics that uh, Ben Ballon puts together, they're sixth in the league in offensive line play. Sixth. That's pretty good. Now you can say offensive line play is down throughout the league, which I would agree that it is defender. Like the free athletic freaks are not playing offensive line. They're playing defensive line. I don't blame them. I'd rather play defensive line too. Let's just be honest here. But, and if you're good, you can make good money playing defensive line. Yeah. But the Vikings offensive line has been good. And you, I'm going to be honest. It's very frustrating when I keep hearing pushback. Oh, they suck. We need to uh, replace Ed Ingram. We need to replace Bradbury. Well, Bradbury's been hurt, so kind of can't replace him. Done rather well. Yeah, if you go by PFF metrics, he's 12th out of 34 qualifying centers. That's very good. Like If Bradbury was that, we'd be very happy with it. But it's his backup that's been doing that. And Ed Ingram is 22nd out of 74 guards, which is above average. Ezra Cleveland is 12th. PFF did a all-pro team based on, on the first four games, so at the quarter of the season mark. He was their backup left guard. Brian O'Neill was the starting right tackle. This offensive line is playing well. 
And I think there's too many narratives built into some people's heads, which I can completely understand. Offensive line has been garbage for the better part of, I don't know, five years. And now that they're, now that they're playing well, it's, it can be hard to get that narrative out of your head. And I'm not saying that as like an insulting thing. It's just, it's true. You get something ingrained in your head for so long, you start to like firmly believe it. And it's going to take a lot of data for you to let that go. Question. The Vikings offense is playing well. It's that simple. Ed Ingram's playing well. Ezra Cleveland's playing well. Schlotman's playing well. The tackles are playing well. And the losses are normal. Every offensive line loses. Everyone. Every single one. Especially to good defensive lines. Good defenses. And Roger makes a great point. People expect Cousins to have five seconds to throw every play. That's not reality. If you block for three seconds, ESPN's pass for, uh, um, the pass block win rate is calculated on two and a half seconds. If, you're, if you hold your block for two and a half seconds, it's considered a win. If Cousins holds the ball for four seconds and Ed Ingram's guy gets the sack, people are going to blame Ed Ingram. Ingram held a block for almost five seconds. Come on. We have to look at it logically here. You can't expect him to hold on to that ball or hold on to his block for that long. Just like you can't expect a corner to cover for five seconds. That's not how the game works. You, you play within short spurts. So if you hold him for three seconds, you did your job. How is it frustrating? Sure. But that's why context is king. You have to marry film with data and you have to be willing to change your opinion once you get more information. And that's where I think people are struggling right now because the information is saying that Ed Ingram's playing pretty good football. The data says it. The film says it. But the perception hasn't changed and it's very frustrating. When Ed Ingram screws up, it's usually big. My it question feels, though, it's not always that simple. My question is, has Schlotman won himself a starting job? And by the way, he ranks sixth amongst all active centers in pass blocking. No, I don't think so. I think Schlotman's done a very good job. I don't think he's been nearly good enough to usurp Bradbury. It's He's basically been Bradbury. That's all we want him to do. We want him to play relatively well within himself, but you don't like, he's not special. He's not like that. Let's say Lewis seen replaced Harrison Smith for four games and seen has his high pedigree and he plays really well. He has this freaky athleticism. That's a different story. Schlotman's a backup center. And I don't think that we're going to have to worry about Schlotman taking over Bradbury's job unless Bradbury Absolutely stinks. And until we have some sort of tangible proof on that, I don't think we we should be worried about him losing his job. I get it. I understand it. I see where you're coming from. But to me, it's a no. Dave, you're muted. You did it. You pulled to me. Yes, I did. Because I was pouring, killing soldiers today. Um, Just killed a, Ranger Creek, 36 caliber, Texas Burman. There's oh, a, I was wondering where the killing soldiers came from. I'm like, Dave, this isn't 
the war. Soldiers. Oh, interesting. Um. Yeah, I'm coming up on uh, a whiskey run sometime soon. I've gone through most of my stash. There's nice. I don't know about slot, but I keep them in there for a while and just nurse Bradbury's back and see how it goes. I would agree there. I think if Schlotman's playing well, you don't have to rush him back. You really don't. You can take it easy. You can be patient. And I think the Vikings have been very patient with Bradbury, especially because this is an injury that I'm not going to say it got re-aggravated, but it feels like the same exact injury he had last year. And if you remember, he missed two games with the injury and then ended up coming back was going to come back after that Colts game. He got in a fender bender, re-aggravated the injury. Yeah, it was rear-ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at Bradbury missing another three games, and then he comes back for the playoff game. Plays okay in the playoff game. Schlotman had broken his leg, mm-hmm. so he was basically MIA for the playoffs. And Chris Reed is not a natural center, and you could really tell the a game and a half or whatever that he had to play before that. I I think they're taking it easy with Bradbury, which is smart, but I also think that they don't have to worry so much because Schultman is playing well, and that's really nice to have. All right, let's... Uh, oh, I, I just want to point this out. Dave L in the chat says, Tyler is right. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Tyler's it, wife. Oh, um, I'm going to point that out to her later, and it's going to be funny. Um, she started listening to some of these shows now, which is oh, even more great. hilarious. Hey, Caleb. When she comes across this bitch, she's, she's going to, I'll hear about it. Let me tell you. Um, but it's, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's just with the offensive line because it's not. Everything. Everything else. Like you have perceptions like going into the 2022 season. I have perception of cousins and he played much better than those perceptions. Guess what? My perceptions changed and I changed with the data. I just wish more people were willing to do the same because I'd rather be right and evolve that opinion and continue to be right on whatever it is than just try to prove that my original take was right. It, it it sounds more arrogant than it is, but you should be willing to adapt based on changes. That, that's what every business does. Consider yourself when it comes to football analysis and your opinions, a business. If you're If you won't evolve and change your opinions, guess what? You're going to go bankrupt. And that's kind of where I sit. It's... It's one of those things. And by the way, Dave, the Twins are three outs away from winning the wild card round. Good. Three outs, baby. Three outs. Joan Duran is about to come in and he's going to throw 103 mile an hour heaters. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I'll talk about a couple other things because this Chiefs game is very interesting. I want to talk about the running game for a minute. Nick Olson. Um, you might know Nick Olson from a a numerous amount of things, especially the Twitter machine or X machine, whatever you want to call it. He also hosts the podcast Kendra's goals. When you're done here, go check them out. 
It's nitty gritty football stuff. I love nitty gritty football stuff. But you pointed out that this is the first time in under Kevin O'Connell, the first time in a long time that the Vikings had more gap runs than zone runs. Gap meaning like power, counter, duo, where you're attacking a gap and you're not just, hey, zone blocking where you block an area and then the running back picks where to go. These running plays tell you where the design is. You can obviously change your path if you need to, but it's not what the run play is designed for. So they ran a lot more duo, which is essentially you have a tight end and you're running towards that side. Okay. And then you have your offensive lineman. They double people and it creates rushing lanes. And then once that double is secured, somebody climbs to the second level and gets a, a linebacker. That's why. On Twitter, you see a lot of people talking, oh, is this zone or duo? Because they can look very similar, but if you know what you're looking for, they're not. The reason being, when you have people who are good at not um, covering zone runs, I just had a brain fart there, my goodness. Um, you're you're talking about a a style of like play. So they like to the defensive line would like slash at the offensive lineman, which is a method to, you know, stop zone runs. Well, with duo, it doesn't really work. So that's kind of how that's like a counter punch. And the Vikings were able to gash the Panthers. First two weeks, 69 yards rushing. Last two weeks, 265. Alexander Madison's fourth overall in rush yards over the last two weeks with 188. The nice part is with this Chiefs defense, It could be missing linebacker Nick Bolton, who's a fantastic player on the second level for them. And he was out last week with ankle injury. Could miss this week as well. Chris Jones has a groin, but he practiced in full today. So I'm not, I don't think that he would end up missing any time. And you have those two things. Pair that with the the fact that the overall, the defense They're averaging a 39% success rate against rush plays, which is only 14th in the league. They're 22nd in EPA per rush play at negative 0.043, which sounds bad, but when it comes to expected points added, teams don't generate a lot of expected points added with the run game. The run game is a means to an end. It's a means to set things up. The run game is essentially a chess match with the defense. Sometimes it's about, hey, I'm just going to blow you up and I'm going to beat you down by like just running power after power and just wearing the defense out. Sometimes it's a chess match, like draw plays. You're expecting a pass, drops back, oh, handoff quick. And then all of a sudden you get a 10 yard chunk on a run play because they weren't expecting it. And the defensive line comes forward and they're rushing like they're rushing the passer, not protecting the run. So the run game, it's not necessarily the most efficient in the world, but I will say it's good and it's necessary for what offenses try to do because it syncs up so much and you can set people up. It's like in chess. Oh, I want to take your rook. Well, I move my bishop to one spot and I have a fork. You're in check going one way and I'll just take your rook going the other. That's kind of what you want to do here. You want to get these guys in position to just take advantage of them. And that's what the running game can give you. And so far over the past few weeks, 
Vikings have started to figure out, and it's been a net positive for the passing game. Then why does KOC, when it's third and two, go for the long ball shot instead of a easy conversion? I think it's not that simple. It appears that way on television because Kirk is throwing it. So <laughs> you, oh my gosh, Emilio Pagan is up in the bullpen because Duran apparently like has some kind of blister or something. They were looking at him for a while. He's only thrown two pitches. That does not sound good. Um, but when you talk about these plays where they take shots, it's twofold. One, they have shorter routes to go to. Two, when you throw a deep route on third and short, that means you're willing to go for it on fourth down. It's not just a, I'm just going to chuck it up on fourth down or on third down and then punt. There's a plan. And you'll see a lot of teams try this, Dave. Okay, I want to, I'm going to go for it on fourth down, so I'll chuck it deep. No harm, no foul. I've got two shots at this. And if you have the right shot play, it's fine. Because a lot of times those can get open. It it just gets inherently frustrating when you talk about these guys and you miss. It's okay that you miss. You're taking a shot. It's an opportunity. Then you have a oh, Justin, you're ahead of me. I, I didn't even I hadn't seen that pitch yet when you said two more outs. Um but like let's look back at the Oh, I'm trying to remember what game. Um, well, I know in the playoff game, it was like third and eight, and they, they tried like a deep shot before the, that fourth down. Sometimes you just have the right play called against a defense, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Like Kevin O'Connell's not trying to just hit deep shots recklessly. It's all for a purpose, and it's all for a reason, and it links together. So I, I think... I understand your frustration, but I don't think it's it correlates the way you might be thinking. Does that make sense? I just if you could guarantee two yards, if you're third and eight, you can guarantee two yards by running Madison, you know, on a power type blocking scheme, run Madison. Then you have a fresh set of downs. Sure, that logic makes sense, but if you have a play where you think you can gash him for 30 and you have the right right situation and you also have an outlet underneath where if that does not come open, you can just take advantage and get those few yards, that's the philosophy here. And that's why a lot of times you'll see those shots. Obviously, you'd prefer to just have the fresh set of downs in a vacuum because you feel like it's a guarantee. I, I, I remember growing up playing NFL blitz, you have an opportunity every time you score a touchdown, you get the free one or you get an opportunity to go for two. And I was always the guy who would go for two. Why? I have an opportunity at a, at an extra point on top. Like the extra point is one, but another point. And to me, that was worth the risk because I was confident enough in my abilities. And that's kind of what the play calling aspect is. Kevin O'Connell, for a lot of people criticize the play calling. It's hard to criticize the play calling without looking at the all 22 and without understanding what the play is trying to do. 
sometimes what we see on TV is in the whole story. You can just have great coverage. You can, like, if somebody just mans up on Justin Jefferson, like, sometimes that happens. And all of a sudden, a play goes awry. Okay. Well, back to the drawing board. What do we do? Where do we go from here? Speaking of coverage, don't the Chiefs have two of the best corners in the league? No, they have two solid corners. Legere Seen and Trent McDuffie are fine. They're, I would even say they're good, but I'm not going to call them great. I don't think they're game-changing type players. Like uh, The Twins are one strike away, by the way, Dave. Good. Um, but they're overall, they're good, but if you're putting one of them on Justin Jefferson, I'm trusting Jefferson to win every one of those battles. And the Twins just won a uh, series. Heck yeah. Two nothing over the Jays. Let's go. Um, I am very twins win. Twins win. Yes, they did. Cheers. (laughs) Now, for those in the crowd, or you, Tyler, will they be waiting to see who they play next? (sighs) See, they're the third seed. No, they play the two seed. They will automatically play the two seed. I think it's the Orioles. Yeah, I think it's the Orioles because the. According to Cuck, uh, it's the Astros. Oh, it's the Astros. So the Orioles have the one seed. All right. Twins Astros. Last time the Twins were in the playoffs, the Astros eliminated us because we stunk at the end of both of those games. Oh, it was so frustrating. But yeah, that's the years the Astros cheated. No. This is 2020. Like this is this is some pretty great stuff, and I am I am thrilled the fact um, the fact that the twins have made it. This is just great. Um, Roger says O's are one. Yeah, that that makes sense. The Orioles being the ones he did is just wild. Right. Um. I got to send a message quick. There we go. Davey, I agree with you. I'd like to see more going for the throat. I want to see that aggression that Brian Flores has on the defense translate to the offense and not you settle for, I know we won't, but it's, I want to see it. I want to see run up games. Mm-hmm. Bury somebody. Try to try to beat Miami's 70 point game. Like I said, prior to the season, I expect the Vikings to score 30 points a game. They have yet to do it so far this season. Now, turning over the football has not helped that one little bit. How are the Vikings going to solve that on Sunday? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't know. I don't, I didn't even hear what you asked. I'm just on cloud nine right now. Survive what? The turnovers. Right now they're on pace to have the most turnovers in NFL history. Yeah, that, that'll regress. Um, the thing with regression that we've talked about a lot is that you can positively regress. So I'm not going to call it pro- progression, but that's basically what it is. You, When you have a stat that's not that, that's very volatile, that's not sustainable or predictable year over year, or even game over game, it's going to come back down to earth. The Vikings being undefeated in one-score games. That's one of those stats. The Vikings turning it over like absolute crazy people. That's one of those things, too. They're not going to turn it over at least twice a game every single game this year. It's not going to happen. When will that stop? Who knows? Hopefully it's, someday. Oh, I, I hope so, too. But it's, it's, it's just unfortunate for many, many reasons. Because, like, it just is what it is. Like, you're going to have turnovers. You're going to have things happen where you just can't. And it's frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not going to fumble every game. They're not going to throw multiple picks every game. And when, when that eventually stops, you're going to see a lot more consistency with the offense. Um, yeah, I can hardly contain myself right now. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy. The twins are not a laughing stock anymore. Um, but with with the turnovers, they just need to play smarter football. And even the fumble against the Chargers, Hawkinson had the ball like this. He had both hands. The guy just ripped it out from him. Sometimes that kind of stuff happens. And it is what it is. Like, it's annoying. It's frustrating. But sometimes you just have to admit, the other guy just won. And for lack of a better term, that's okay. It'll happen every once in a while. And I'm just going to kind of let that slide. Like if it keeps happening, I like to try and look at each turnover individually because each individual turnover means something different. And there's a different reason why. And if you can start solving those individual reasons, those turnovers will decrease on their own. And you don't have to worry about them like trying to fix it otherwise. Like luck will fix some of it. Probability will fix some of it just naturally. But at the end of the day, you still have to fix the little things that you do or don't do. And Kirk Cousins throwing late on a flat route in the end zone. If he does that again, <sighs> Dave we're going to have problems. We're going to have bigger problems than that. Um, but it, it's you fix like, we'll wrap this up because I'm kind of saying the same thing over and over again. 
you got to fix the root of each of those turnovers, and then you can worry about the, the regression part of it. Question. Uh, Mahomes had a bad game last week. Is he going to hmm. bounce back this week? I don't know. Is he hurt? That's my question. Because you can be hurt, per se, and not miss any time and not technically be on the injury report. Um, Kirk Cousins wasn't on the injury report all, at all last year due to that rib injury. Didn't really impact his play. Didn't um, didn't do this, that, or the other thing. He practiced all the way through it. But the thing with the injury to Mahomes or potential, excuse me, potential injury to Mahomes is he was missing throws uncharacteristically. And that's why I thought he hadn't, he had an injury because you don't just miss throws short like that. Mahomes has always been pinpoint accurate. Why wasn't he against the jets? What, what was different? And to me, the one thing that makes sense is a potential injury could just be a tweak. And we all know how people love tweaks. Um, I'm expecting him to be fine. Maybe being indoors and the potential of no Taylor Swift, which we don't know if Taylor Swift will be there. And that's all I'm going to talk about with that. Because quite frankly, it's annoying and tedious. But she's bringing new eyeballs to the NFL. And that's a good thing. I absolutely agree. But that we're talking about the on-field product. So I'm not, I'm not going to really talk about that much because that doesn't necessarily coincide with what we're dealing with here. Now, when I look at the rest of it, like if Mahomes is 80%, that's still pretty good. You could argue that might even be better than Kirk Cousins because it's still Patrick Mahomes. There's going to be opportunities for the Chiefs to really gash this Vikings defense and Gashing this Vikings defense is really important for multiple reasons. Because if you can gash the Vikings defense, that's going to set you up for success. And the one question I have with this Vikings defense is, how are they going to approach Mahomes? Are they going to approach him with heavy blitzing? Or are they not going to blitz him at all? They blitzed Justin Herbert, who is a top five quarterback in this league. They blitzed him. 82% of the time against the Panthers, 30.8% of the time. They they told the young guy, hey, figure out. Oh, Mary, that's wonderful news. Now let's talk about defense. Mary's got a great defense. She's getting out of the hospital. (laughs) She forced the three and out on that. Well done. Now, when you look at, I say that a lot, when you look at, but it's true. Um, the Vikings defense, how they handle Patrick Mahomes is going to be fascinating. You know, blitz him to make decisions quicker and just hope you can play contain well enough. Or are you going to just make him make him beat you with a bunch of short routes underneath and nickel and dime you down the field? That's basically what they did to the Eagles. They told Jalen Hurts and Eagles, if you want to beat us, you're not throwing the football and you're going to have to run. And guess what? They did. And they ran for almost 260 yards and won the football game. Sometimes you have to be willing to die by a thousand cuts in order to take that next step, in order to win a football game. And 
they may be willing to do that with Mahomes. I would expect a lot of creativity with the blitzes, some Bengal Hawk. I would expect some unique looks to try and uh, get Mahomes confused, guys bailing out at the last second, like cover two turning into cover three, Tampa two turning into cover one, like a lot of inverted cover two as well. Just all kinds of weird stuff to get Mahomes guessing. And he doesn't have the strongest receiver room either. He has Travis Kelsey, but the receivers are going to be a fascinating outlook because how are they going to be able to continue building that chemistry with Mahomes? Are they going to be able to? Are they going to just be fine? And is the Vikings defense going to be able to take advantage of that and not let them get open within a few seconds and make Mahomes scramble? Well, maybe the Vikings choose to just play contain on Mahomes and keep him in the pocket so he can't do Superman things. And he has to stay within the confines of that pocket in order to win. And then the coverage is just too good on the back end. How is all that going to play out? To me, the defense is the catalyst to this win because Kirk Cousins has shown that he can cover, sorry, come from behind. He's done it every game this year. Now, they haven't all been successful. But he was down 27-7 to the Eagles. He was like a couple more minutes on the clock away from being able to finish that comeback against Philadelphia. Came from behind against Tampa Bay. Tampa got that uh, field goal in the fourth quarter and it didn't end up working out. Same thing with the game against uh, the Chargers. Down 21-10. Got it to 24-21. Now, they didn't win the game, but he's comfortable coming back and just gripping it and ripping it. And that's good. That's good. I've got a question I've been asked quite a few times this week. Who's going to cover Kelsey? I don't know. I honestly, I would consider Byron Murphy. Murphy's a little bit smaller, but he plays in the slot and he can travel. That's key with Kelsey travel. But I would, I would expect them to figure out a way to control him somehow with different looks, big nickel packages. And this is where some of that blitzing might come into play, Dave, where you blitz and you have a guy manned up with him or maybe you even double him, like have a guy shallow and have a guy like one-on-one to try and eliminate some of those passes. I don't, I don't really have a great answer to that because I genuinely don't know. See, I don't think I was, the Vikings, I don't I was, think the Vikings are going to have a singular answer here, Dave. I really don't. I think they're going to have to do a lot of different things and keep Mahomes guessing. And that might be their strategy. Could be. Um, I was thinking, Primarily, I suspect it'll be Metellus. But yeah, like you be. said, they they can mix it up and they probably will to confuse Mahomes. So Yeah. Yeah. It, this is gonna be a really fun game. And this could end up being the forty to three route that we saw last year with the Dallas Cowboys coming into town, but I don't think the, the, well, let's let me finish. I don't think they quite have enough firepower on the outside or at pass rush in order to really make that happen. Cause the frustrating part with the Cowboys game is we had their coverage beat. We just couldn't protect. 
And the protection is honestly what doomed the Vikings in that game. Now, are they going to be able to protect enough against Chris Jones? Chris Jones could be a catalyst here because of his ability to rush the passer from the interior and on the edge. George Karloftis is a good football player, but how is that going to look? And the offensive line has been playing really well lately. Can they step up to this challenge? I want to see, can they step up to the challenge? I need Ed Ingram to go one-on-one with Chris Jones and win as often as he loses. Because there are reps where nobody really wins, just kind of there. But if he loses and allows like five pressures to him, I want him to beat his ass five times and not just hold him in place. I want him to win. To me, that that could be the catalyst here. Jones is going to get his pressures. Limit them. How are you going to limit them? You need guys to step up on the interior without having to double because the second you start doubling him, that's when Steve Spagnuolo is going to send a blitz right where that double is supposed to have been blocking. They're going to delay it, and then that's going to get home. So you need Ingram, Cleveland, and either Bradbury or Schlotman to step up, handle that. Now, they handled Derrick Brown relatively well this past week. Derrick Brown, first-round pick a couple years ago out of Auburn, nose tackle, good football player. Well, if you end up beating Derrick Brown that at least gives you some hope they might be able to contain Chris Jones a little bit. Brown, much bigger guy. He's got that great first step, but he's also really strong. And that makes sense. Mateo asks, why are all of our corners outside Evans built like high schoolers so small and scrawny? The only one who's really small and scrawny, Byron Murphy Jr. Blackman's a little scrawny, but he's not small. He's 5'11 and a half. Like, that's fine. That's good size for a corner. You don't need to worry about that per se. Now, if he was Trey Hodges Thomas and the rookie out of TCU is like five, seven and a half. Yeah, I have a problem with that. But I'm not so worried about our corners. I think our corners have actually been playing relatively well, which is awesome. But this is it's a complicated game for all the reasons we mentioned so far. Mainly, you're just dealing with Patrick Mahomes, man. He's tough. You're going to have to, you're going to give up points. He's the defending Super Bowl champ. Yep. He got there for a reason. Yeah, they did. And it's obviously because of Mahomes. And yeah, we're going to find out. This is a fascinating football game. And one player that I'm interested to see is Jordan Addison. How is he going to bounce back from his worst game as a pro? And he's a rookie. It, like, it's not even bad that he was just fine. He was fine against uh, the Panthers, but one target, no catches. He did force a 43 yard defensive pass interference, which great. He got blown up a little bit in the blocking against uh, the Panthers. Oh, and Justin Jefferson almost got hurt. The thing with blocking is a lot of it just has to do with effort. A guy like him is just going to lose more often than not. Like than somebody else will, I mean, because he's small. Like that's fine. Um, Blackman's about 180 Mateo. So he's, not, you know, he's, he's fine. I, I, I get, I get the issue, but I'm okay with it. Addison 
needs to just show more effort in blocking, and he's done that. They had him shoot through the C gap and climb to the second level, and he held his block relatively well. You continue to get that kind of performance from him. I feel pretty good. And he's going to get more and more involved as time goes on because it's, it's Jordan Addison. He's, he's fine. And he's still figuring this out. And add those th- things up together, and there we go. All right. Trying to think. We have a few more minutes left in the show. There's anything else that we have not talked about yet that we need to get out into the open here, Dave. How are Odie and Claire doing? Well, I hope they're not terrorizing my main level right now because they are downstairs unsupervised, but they're doing great. Um, Eclair has actually kind of become Odie's mom. She's going all mom on him. Like, like, you know, all like, um, moms like bathe their young, like with their tongues. She started doing that to Odie and they're, they're just having a blast. They were downstairs or uh, sorry, outside yesterday, just running around doing zoomies together. It was pretty fun. Um, Eclair's doing great. We actually, she doesn't like to go outside to go pee. So we got her like a little fake grass patch. That's kind of run its course. So we bought real grass. They sell real grass for dogs to go potty. <laughs> so we're getting that, we're getting that set up tomorrow. And I think she's going to really love it. Dave Booth did have special team snaps last week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, guys, let's kind of finish it off this way. If you have any questions, throw them in the chat. I'll answer them. Otherwise, we'll, we might get out of here just a little bit early today. Yes, yes. Jarek McKinnon is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Clifford. McKin- Go ahead. You ask about Reisner. Are we going to see Reisner? I don't think so. And look, like the offensive line is playing really well. You don't just bring a guy in for X amount of snaps unless he's like a first round pick. And even then it's really hard to do because when a unit's playing well, you don't disrupt it. You don't mess with the chemistry. You don't replace a player that's playing well. Like riser may not be better than adding rumor as for Cleveland. And if they really thought he was better than those guys, he probably would have played last week. These guys are playing well. You don't disrupt it. The Vi- at the end of the day, the Vikings needed to add depth when Oli Udo went out with that uh, torn quad muscle. I think that's all that is. It was a depth signing. And I don't think you're going to get to see much of Dalton Risner or Risner this year. And that's fine because if they're playing well, you don't want to see him. Like, that, that's just one of those things. Um, Davey, I have not watched the uh, 50s wrestling yet. Um, it's on my list. I I work like a dog, and I haven't had much of a time to Dan, really watch anything. Dan asks, who's the best center coming out next year? I'm going to be really honest. I don't know. Um, I haven't done a lot of work on the trenches yet. Um, I do a lot of college football stuff, like, and I do college fantasy, so I like have a really good um, understanding of the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, quarter, quarterbacks, 
I don't have that with the trenches yet. I'm working on it. But it's just not there. I know I, I think if I remember correctly, Dan really likes um the center from Oklahoma. I've heard he's pretty good. But I'll I'll get to the the trenches. I know it's a great offensive tackle class, which of course, great tackle classes. We have two of them. But yeah, the offensive line actually looks like a really solid class this year, and I'm excited to kind of dive into it. But I have waited on watching tape for now because well, the Vikings aren't aren't out of it yet. If they drop to like one and six or two and five or something like that, I'll start diving into some tape, but not quite yet. Well, Dave, I think that's it. That works for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching. I know I kind of got off the rails a little bit because the twins ended up winning a playoff series for the first time since I was in middle school, 2002, 21 years ago. Every day, Eddie Guardado saved that game for the twins. And yeah, it's, it's a cool day and I'm really excited to see that Clifford. What do you mean? JJ turned down a mega contract. We don't even know if there's an official offer made by the Vikings and what that looks like. Yeah, it, obviously they didn't come to a an agreement on one, but it's a complicated issue. I haven't heard anything, so if you've heard something, let us know. Um, let us know in the comments when we're going to finish this up here. We'll be back Sunday after the game. And on top of that, next week there will be a special episode Judd Zolgad is coming back and we're going to sit around and talk ball. That one might be pre-recorded, So just pay attention for that. We will let you know when we have that ready to rock and roll. In the meantime, go Vikings. I'm Tyler. He's Dave. And what do you say? Make sure you watch two old blockers on Saturday. Oh, as we oh, pregame the show. <laughs> but, you know, what we say, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching. The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.